0: Four years ago, in this quiet forest,
1: in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it wouldn't happen again. Now. From the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2.
0: with this one this is this is a huge one and and i'm super excited because we have another huge episode feels like every episode is huge and it's true they are they're all huge one after another for one reason or another whether it's our guests or a special occasion but today's topic here is a big one we're going to cover evil dead 2 welcome to reconsinimation i'm your host john diner i'm david munchak i'm brent hutchins and this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s 80s and 90s and evil dead 2 has arrived on the show it's a huge huge day who's excited
1: i'm pretty pumped oh yeah i'm also a little surprised that it's taken till season five to get to this movie on on the podcast but hell it's finally here. Let's dive in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just in time, we're talking about it just in time for the new Evil Dead film, Evil Dead Rises, correct? That's that's the name, Evil right? De- Evil Dead Rises. Is it rises
1: or Rise? Evil Dead Rise. Rise?
0: Evil Dead Rise. That sounds weird, but uh Evil either Dead way. Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. Here it comes. Um and we'll get to that and and kind of the evolution of the franchise and kind of what it is now versus what it what we loved as we grew up with it but um yeah we're gonna uh, there's a lot to cover and really like it it, we have a lot of history personally with it because it really mirrors the reconsented vacation from 1987 the same year the movie came out um we also had a cabin in uh that was right next door so we remember that we could hear what's going on but we were fine
1: yeah our our cabin was fine I was definitely dancing topless out in the moonlight outside the cabin similar to That's what I mean
0: by fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean I was I was possessed by a <laughs> demon. Uh thank you for not uh decapitating me.
0: All right, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Evil Dead 2, David, what's happening <laughs> in this movie? Go, go for it.
2: Oh my god, this is a crazy movie. Uh a, a, a gentleman a gentleman who uh gentleman brings his girlfriend to a cabin in the woods and uh stumbles across the uh the book of the dead and 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 inexplicably brings about evil spirits that uh, run that uh, horrify and kill uh his uh his lady and uh and and the guy has to survive and 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 figure out how to how to get get to get to the other side without being possessed by deadite spirits and uh and then he, and he has some help from a bunch of from a bunch of uh newcomers and uh and uh it, it's a survival horror fest i don't know but it's funny it's, yeah, it's sort of funny
0: it is funny It's it's, it's funny. sort of i'd say it's, it's
2: very funny it quite funny.
0: We'll talk about the horror comedy kind of subgenre and where this falls into it. But, um, you know, we're at least Brett and I are, are big Sam Raimi fans, huge Bruce Campbell fans going way back. We got a lot of history there. David, where do you stand on Raimi and Campbell, whether as a team or as individuals?
2: Uh, I enjoy all their work. Um... I've been a Bruce Campbell fan for years since probably 92, 93ish mm-hmm. uh when I first became aware of him and this whole this whole movie and uh Sam Raimi you know he's he's attached to a lot of quality projects that uh, I that I've enjoyed over the years so uh that we've talked about on this show um so yeah I mean they're it's uh yeah it's definitely a, a love love relationship I love to love them <laughs> Sam Raimi is
0: is still to this day making some of the biggest you know huge films whether it's uh, you know the, the the what was the Oz film he made a few years ago but uh obviously Return the Spider-
1: to, not Return to Oz not Return to is- Oz not
0: that one but
2: <laughs> Oz the Great and Powerful yes yeah, that's Oz, the one
0: Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful which was a huge film the uh Doctor Strange and the what the Multiverse the multi- of Madness all the titles oh, that's, uh that's they, right I stumble on them but uh mm. but huge huge movies and looking back at kind of where he came from it's really cool to look at his evolution as a filmmaker and it, it, part of why i think we identified with him so much in college is because because of evil dead one and and two that he was really such a felt like one of us you know that he was like just just a guy making making his yeah. movie you know by any means necessary with no money and just like gutting it out and and uh you know getting getting it done however he needed to do it and uh yeah, so we definitely
1: definitely a kindred spirit kind of that grassroots filmmaking you know just scrapping scrapping through trying to trying to make your movie and Surrounded by incredible talent, just like we were at the College of Santa Fe.
0: That very true, very true. Brent, when was the first time you heard about Evil Dead One or Two? uh so it was Evil Dead Two. I remember
1: exactly what it was. It was the review that was given on Siskel and Ebert. One hundred percent was the mm. first time that I had ever heard of Evil Dead or Sam Raimi, and I remember being. Super curious about it because the clip that they showed was like the scene where the camera is kind of bolting through the cabin and out into the woods and Bruce Campbell gets thrown up into the air and crushed into a tree and lands in the water. And and I was like, wow, I've never really seen anything like that. But I was also pretty young and I, for the life of me, didn't remember it, you know, past past then, uh, you know, for, for too long until army of darkness started coming coming around and i was like oh wait a second like that looks awfully familiar and it was you know i think army of darkness came out in what like 92 Mm -hmm. which you know it had a heavy metal like soundtrack on the trailer and me and my buddy andy who uh were you know like attached at the hip at the time were big into like Metallica and Big End, you know, like we were huge metalheads and so, you know, the the trailer was hilarious. It's like Bruce Campbell, this is this is my boomstick, you know, it was like a huge thing that we kept laughing about for probably entirely way too long. But that's what kind of reminded me of of the movie in general and so at that point kind of went back and found Evil Dead 2 and watched that. And that was like early 90s, right? Like mm-hmm. so I don't know where it went from like when it released in the theaters to, to, to when army of darkness happened. But, um, I mean, I assume at some point it, it kind of went cult status is to, to get the, uh, to get the, the backing for army of darkness, but, but yeah, that was kind of, kind of how, how I came about it, but yeah, totally. First time I ever saw it was that Siskel and Ebert, uh, review which I actually went back and rewatched. Oh really? Yeah, just recently because you can find it on you know the tubes. And so I uh was checking it out and I was like, yeah, holy shit, this is absolutely what how I remember it almost exactly. And they were on the fence. They were on the fence about the movie. Mm -hmm.
0: I can picture that for sure.
1: Uh Ebert not so much no Siskel not so much a fan, got bored pretty quick. Ebert Kind of more into it, I think. I think if I remember correctly, they both da- thought it was pretty funny, though.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, points there. David, what about you? When was the first time you saw Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn? Um,
2: I believe it was. I was like eleven or twelve, and I went over to my friend Mike's house, so staying over, um, and it. I had to be. It had to be Evil Dead Two. That we we stumbled across it on HBO or something or Cinemax. He had like all the channels back in back then, so wherever you could find movies,
0: and um, all forty something channels,
2: yeah. But like you know other premium cable. So I have no idea like where it would have been airing at like midnight. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was a like on like USA like with commercials. I feel like it was like the movie. I don't know. Um, and I remember we were like making fun of it kind of like, is this like a serious movie? We didn't know what it was. We didn't, I don't think we started right at the very beginning. Like we just stumbled across it, but it was this, it was probably just him by himself in the house, you know, like that, like, and it was just, we were, we were laughing at it, but not probably not the same way it was intended to be laughed at. (laughs) Like we didn't know what it was, but I remember flashes of like that. And I, I don't even, I'm not sure if we finished it either, but we may, I think we may have. And, um, That was like the first time I had seen it. I had forgotten all about it. And then I like, and then the army of darkness, like commercials started airing. I didn't realize it was part of like, I, we probably didn't finish the original movie because it didn't, they didn't register to me that that was the same character, but I was like, Oh, that's that guy. And, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that like vividly and I was like, Oh, I got to go see army of darkness. That looks hilarious.
0: Like, and did you see it?
2: uh i saw it on rental i didn't see it in yeah. theaters but <laughs> right. but um but it's like i got like i i noted that like that looks weird and funny yeah. and uh and then i probably but i probably saw it like as soon as it came out on video like when it was a new release um so yeah that that's my relationship my first time with it but
0: um, so that mine's similar to both of you guys but i've got like a long history with with these with these movies so everybody settle in get a get a cup of coffee settle in sit down uh here we go (laughs) i grab
1: my hot cocoa real quick
0: there you go i one of my first movie images like that was cemented in my brain was what i would later realize was the last shot of evil dead one which is that you know the like zooming through the woods and through the house and like running right into Bruce Campbell and and that's where part 1 ends. I must have seen that, I don't know. I was probably 4 or something. I'm I'm guessing my parents rented it. It was just an image that that and it scared me. It was it was a scary memory that for years I could not place. I never knew where it was where what that was from um and i never i didn't remember hearing about evil dead 2 when that came out like just completely missed that one so when same as you guys when the commercials and trailers for army of darkness came out did not register or was even aware of that it was connected to two other movies that it was part of a trilogy and were kind of part of a trilogy and you know I, it looked silly to me and ridiculous. So I was like, Nope, no, thanks. That looks stupid. So hard, hard pass on that one. And I avoided it. I know. Right. Until I got to the college of Santa Fe and met some of my greatest friends of all time. If only David, if only you were around and at that time, you would have been a great, uh, great CSF or probably. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Brent and I, when we were were uh, roommates there, uh, a couple of other of our our friends were were huge uh, Evil Dead fans, and uh, that's Ben Folstein and Mike Patterson, who was like a coach for me in getting me into horror movies and kind of schooled me. We've talked about it here before, but sat me down and, and showed me some great and fun horror movies of mostly of the seventies and eighties, but. Uh, so they're like, you have to watch these, the evil dead trilogy. And at the time it was really hard to find. It wasn't like as accessible as it would be, you know, just after that, it was like, if anyone had a copy, that was like the only copy around. So, uh, so we watched, and and as soon as we watched evil dead one, I was like, oh my God, that's the image, like the image for 17 years, that's been in my brain now i know where it's from (laughs) yeah so it's like everything just sort of clicked and i was i was in love with these movies like i i mean i liked evil dead one but two was just it just blew me away just that you know at the time this is 97 when when we watched it together there wasn't that many the horror comedy wasn't like a huge thing that it became afterwards Right. It was it was only a handful right. here and there, um, but it was like a perfect blend of it. And then Army of Darkness takes in kind of a whole different direction and is the most fun out of you know all of the movies. And the first film is a straight horror movie. Like there was no yeah. intended comedy there. Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with them. I love these movies. I went immediately looking for every laser disc I could find that was like, I, I got the Japanese imports because I thought they had additional scenes and the alternate ending for Army of Darkness that was, you know, nobody could see for for years. But uh, so I was definitely like obsessed with these. And, um, and then later on a couple of years, uh, I think our junior year, when I took over a visiting artist committee that was attempting to get, you know, people in the business to come to our school and lecture. And, um, I reached out to Bruce Campbell and amazingly enough, got through to his agent and responded. And she was like, "Yep, he's open, you know, he's shooting Xena. Um, so we don't know exactly like when he's needed, but right now, the dates that you want, he's open, this is how much the fee is and you have to fly him in. Um, so I got all that, like the school was paying for it, and uh, we got copies, like thirty-five millimeter prints. We were going to do a, a Dead Alive and Evil Dead Two back-to-back screening, and he was going to, you know, open the film and then do a Q and A afterwards. So it was like sold out, you know. Every, it was it was a huge, you know, a huge event on campus, and uh, it was yeah, like it
1: was pretty awesome. I remember. I remember all of this.
0: Yeah. It was like less than a week before his agent calls me and is like, um, they, they need him for Xena. He's got to like, he has to go. So it was like heartbreaking that, you know, this whole thing was promoted because he was going to be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we had to sort of backtrack, but, um, and I had met him. I had to go meet up with him at a, like one of the horror conventions in, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And, you know, we had to just, like, I had, like, literally 60 seconds with him to, like, talk through what we're doing, kind of pitch it to him, make sure he's cool with it. He agreed. And that was, you know, before he had to drop out. But, uh, yeah, so we ended up having the screening anyway. And I remember it was pretty wild. Like, (laughs) it was really on a, like, Saturday night or something. And, you know, I think people were, were doing whatever, you know, things they were doing prior to the movie and were... Saturday night certain, things yeah Saturday night things for college kids and uh um but it was it, we had a really good time but I was still a little bit heartbroken for a while that you know wasn't quite what I was hoping it would have been so
1: yeah it was unfortunate that it worked out that way but it was the prospect of it was pretty awesome and to see the work that you'd put into it John to try and get him there and all that it was yeah. pretty rad dude
0: yeah, it was cool. Would have been cooler if he was there. We still had a good time, and uh, I, you know, I I forgave him eventually. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and it's uh, like, but yeah. like, and they they shot down in New Zealand for that. So it's like it was for him to leave. It's he was gone. True. Yeah, New
0: it Zealand. wasn't. It like, wasn't even like he was shooting in L.A. It's like you, yeah. you know, two days to get there. Then, you know, for as we all learned as we got into the industry for for guest starring actors, you're kind of whenever they need you you have to go it's not something you can negotiate or try to work around your availability especially with with this kind of stuff so
1: yeah nowadays that show would have been shot in vancouver and probably just he could have shot down but yeah Yeah. traveling all the way from new zealand wasn't going to be a thing
0: no not a thing but (laughs) um but yeah so uh but let's talk about let's get into the meat of it here we're going to talk about we have to talk about Evil Dead one. We have to talk about the, the backstory before we get into Evil Dead two. But um what are you just going back to Raimi and Campbell specifically, what are your guys' kind of standout Raimi films? Because there's so many different kinds of Raimi over the years. There's, you know, the Evil Dead movies. We we covered a simple plan, which you can listen to in the archives at reconsideration.com And then there's his the Spider-Man films and you know some of the more recent things he's done. David, let's start with you. Where where do you what do you what kind of Raimi do you prefer? Kind of Raimi. Um,
2: I like I like where there's there's uh kind of pulp fun silliness like that that he's known for. I'm not like uh I, that, but like the first movie of his I ever seen was Dark Man. Mm-hmm. Like at like when I was ten or eleven, whatever. Like and I didn't know that I didn't even know it was a Sam. I didn't know who Sam Raimi was or you know, I just I just I didn't know if you quizzed me a couple years ago. Like who directed Darkman? I'd be like, I have no idea. <laughs> I think it came up once we were doing a simple plan. I was like, Oh, wait, oh wait a minute. Uh so you know, uh and I I liked his uh so like Darkman, Army of
0: Darkness,
2: the Spider Man movies, now Evil Dead Two. Spider
0: Man three? Do you include Spider Man three in that? You know, I I I, I like how ambitious Spider Man
2: three was. I I think we I think we you know, you don't know what you you got until you you're done with it so but i appreciated the effort and uh uh of that film <laughs> so um you know i was uh, i was so that and i was like i watched didn't Ramy produce like xena and hercules oh
0: yeah sam Ramy and rob tappert who who yeah also produced the evil dead movies they're, they're partners like they're, i don't know if rob tappert i, I just don't remember if he produced the you know dr strange i don't think he did that but but really Rami's films that he was creatively you know really the lead um rob tappert was with him
2: oh i see yeah. yeah like so i'm like i was watching i was watching hercules i was watching more xena probably once that became that became a bigger show and was mm-hmm. that was on syndication Those those syndication shows man where you could watch a xena or a hercules uh two on a saturday one on a sunday whatever those shows,
0: those shows ruled upn yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> um that was good yeah. stuff yeah they did i like those shows well and like you know ted ramey was like a regular on zima on yeah. Xena. and bruce campbell played italicus on both shows and i lo- like those and ted ted and sam were um or ted and bruce were like those were exciting when they were on the show they were funny and yeah. silly and all that so there was more of that uh so yeah i don't know i mean like yeah sam raimi doing spider-man i think those were great those were great movies spider-man 2 is one of the best superhero movies ever ever done and uh you know set the set the stage for how it's done now i don't know
0: spider-man um, 2 on the The uh, the Doc Ock scene in the in the hospital, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's like that is pure Raimi, The way that scene is shot, he
2: got to do like yeah, his like really one of his signature moves, like a couple of his signature moves. That was great. It was it it had that uh, it had that feel of like horrifying, but like some weird bit of like like levity to it, or the way it's just though that style, you can't. You can't repeat that. That That's just stuff that he got so good at over time. But he's like, I don't know. You can't imitate that well. You got to be really good at what you're doing. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I like Remy all over the place. If it's like if Remy had a new movie, I'd like I would see that. I don't particularly care. Like if it's a, a horror movie necessarily
0: or a, a big budget movie. Um, You like yeah. the Remy brand in general?
2: I like the Remy brand. I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan. Uh, I watched uh bisco county jr i love that show and i i watched seven seasons of burn notice because i came for the bruce campbell and i stayed (laughs) i stayed for Sharon glass
0: oh there you go so uh
2: you know that that's the that's a dream cast right there
0: yeah oh (laughs) yeah that's that's a that's a that's a team up from heaven right there. I, lo-
2: I love Sharon Glass. <laughs> I,
0: I didn't even know I'd love her that much. So. Cagney and Lacey.
2: Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, I'm all over the place, but I love I love
0: them both. Nice. Bram, what about you? Where do you stand on what what kind of Raimi? What kind of Campbell do you like? Uh,
1: what kind of Raimi? What kind of Campbell do I like? Um
0: like David,
1: Dark Man was kind of the first thing that I realized uh of Sam Raimi's that I like really kind of resonated and I enjoyed like I really liked that movie when it came out I was a pretty big pretty big fan uh didn't really realize it was Sam Raimi until Raimi became more popular and it was probably closer to to I mean not too much later but but probably after um army of darkness but before quick and the dead mm-hmm. but i like quick and the dead as well i like i like those movies that he does my my the ones i care for the most i think are the ones that are kind of more in the thriller horror genre but uh i always appreciate his like unique kind of approach to camera work and you know there's always a bit of a dark twist to his to his things but it's not so like moody or over the top like you would find with um like tim burton you know Mm -hmm. like and and i just i mean you know an early tim burton stuff i i find great but i got a little worn out um more of Raimi's later stuff i don't know i liked Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 was good. Drag Me to Hell, uh, I thought it was a cool attempt. Wish it wasn't PG-13 because I thought it was a nice little throwback to some of his earlier stuff, something that was probably felt good to do after he had been caught up in the, in the comic book world for a while. Um, I got to be honest, I had no idea that Oz the Great and Powerful was his until we were researching this podcast. Like, I remember that movie coming out. That movie also, I don't think i remember ever being available to watch after it came out (laughs) like i don't know i don't know where it is or how you can see it i feel like i want to go back and rewatch it now that i know that he directed it to see if i can pick up on some stuff but like it's a complete that's a complete loss to me um so yeah i mean i think i'm more in the in the horror kind of suspense thriller type type world. I did like Quick and the Dead a lot, but there were like interesting kind of things going on with that, you know. Camera angles through bullet holes in people's head and yeah. things like that where yeah. I'm like, yeah, Sam Raimi, dude. Like that's that's the type of stuff that I like. Just like those kind of off-kilter perspectives on things and, you know, I'm into that. Uh, but a simple plan not to not to go without stating. Simple plan is I think probably his best movie Just just like from a filmmaking standpoint, like just, I don't know, but it's also not one that I associate with him very often or for the love of the game for that matter, you know, which is also a movie that I really like, but like doesn't stand out as a Sam Raimi movie, you know? So, um, but overall big fan, Dr. Strange multiverse of madness uh, was a cool attempt at a Marvel horror movie, I think, but, I got to be totally honest. I'm so fatigued from Marvel movies at this point oh, yeah. that it's like super tough to, I'm having a hard time getting through all, any of them. Uh, everything
0: post end game. It's, it's not that they're yeah. bad movies. It's just like the, you're so emotionally the stakes, spent. The stakes
1: are just not as high. It's exactly. like, it's just, yeah. it's a little, that being said, I, and I don't know, I might be on an island, but I think She-Hulk is fucking great. Like, uh, of, of the post-Endgame stuff, She-Hulk, She-Hulk might be my favorite thing that th- that has has come out. But beyond that, like, yeah, it's been really, really tough. Like, I, like I've like i even started skipping things and just where, you know, six years ago, there's no way. Like, if Marvel right. was coming out with a movie, I would have gone to see it immediately. Yeah, But I haven't seen the latest couple in the theater. I don't really feel like I missed anything, you know. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Bruce Campbell on the other side, like, I, like, he's always just that quick wit kind of character. um, And I eat it up, you know, like, even when he's in the small bit parts, like the hot dog guy and Dr. Strange, you know, I'm like, yep, okay, I'm into it. I like I, anytime I see him pop up in something, like, I immediately give that thing more credit than it may deserve. (laughs) You know, just because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Like, I just, I, you know, like, I think, um, you know, I mean, you guys talked a lot about a lot of his TV stuff, but even like his movies, like Bubba Hotep, that doesn't get talked about a lot. Oh, I love that movie. Huge yeah. fan, you know, like, I just think that he's he's great at what he does. You know, like, I'm not expecting Bruce Campbell to come out and, you know, pull off like a super dramatic role. Like, but that's not what I'm going to see Bruce Campbell do. And like, for what Bruce Campbell does, Like, he's one of the top in the biz, and I will, like, I'm totally entertained every time I I get a chance to see him pop up.
0: Yeah, Campbell is, uh, he's found his audience, that's for sure, and what his, you know, kind of his gimmick is, and he's so good at it. And Mm -hmm. once once he got over, I think, you know, he struggled with... I think in the late eighties of like really trying to be a movie star. And I, I think he right. was like, he was up for die, die hard. And <laughs> you know what a very oh, different movie, a, but. Totally you know, interesting you
1: know, twist on that. Yeah, yeah.
0: But like, that's what he was trying to do. And, and, you know, I think he was universal. Wouldn't let Rami cast him as dark man. So he struggled for a while, you know, thankfully he got um, Briscoe County, you know, to really showcase. And then, following it up. And a lot of it's, you know, with, with help and getting on Xena, you know, the, the recurring guest star on Xena and Hercules and getting lots of, then lots of good independent roles like Bubba Hotep. Really. He found that audience that uh, is going to keep him going. And then, you know, eventually on, uh, on burn, you know, getting series regular roles like burn notice. And then we'll talk about Ash versus evil dead too. But um yeah huge cult favorite and often is also a producer with Ramy on some of these projects too so but uh very popular guy still really funny still very sharp and witty and uh, fun to watch so huge huge fan here as well yeah. uh, Would regardless love to see of that him he start ditched start popping me, up in
1: so. more things again
0: <laughs> when uh, you know i got really familiar with him when i was when we were getting ready for that event i edited edited together a I think it was like a two song, you know, length uh music video that was going to play yeah. as people were sitting in, you know, in oh, theater. Wow. So it was I was just pulling clips from every movie that he had done, you know, good, bad, you know, hard to find just whatever kind of funny clips of him there were. Uh I I did it in like a few different montages. So um, And do you still have it? Oh, I still have it. I I'm still have sure it. Sure you, you do. Know, I knew you, know. you would. But uh Yeah, I don't like for as far as Raimi goes, I'm much more of a classic Raimi fan. Uh, I love the, you know, the Evil Dead movies, of course. Um, Dark Man, I love Drag Me to Hell. Brent, we saw that together in the theater. Um, Mm -hmm. It's yes, it's PG 13, but it's definitely like I'm done with Spider Man. I'm making my kind of movie again. And it goes right back to, he even used the same cinematographer, Peter Deming got him back and um very much that what's so interesting about his filmmaking style is that it's like it's like a sensory assault you know these fast zoom-ins and these this really frenetic energy and um you know like really aggressive building
1: (laughs) audio yeah yeah.
0: like horror scenes that go just bananas crazy uh, from nothing from like silence to like just complete insanity and the camera angles and the speeds and it's uh you know a lot of the familiar faces like ted raimi and of course bruce campbell and and it is great that bruce campbell is still popping up in almost every raimi movie um mm-hmm. he's in all the spider-man movies just with cameo roles but i love that role isn't it in the post credits of uh dr strange where he's the hot dog vendor he shows up yeah. in the.
2: He does have that, but he's in the. He's in the middle of the movie for Is a great he, scene. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he goes back. He's in the, there yeah. twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: but that was like you know, and then there's Bruce Campbell doing like crazy physical comedy again, still in 2022.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: 40 years later that they're still doing it. So and and they're, um, you know, childhood or or maybe not childhood, but they're friends from high school. The three of them: Tapper, Raimi, and and bruce campbell and the fact that they still do stuff together is just is really awesome so yeah for the love of the game uh i like half i love half of that movie and and really don't like the other half and there was a famous battle between Raimi and kevin costner on that one so it was like Mm -hmm. they both got to make their movie Raimi's was like the baseball movie and costner's was the was like the love story and i love the baseball part yeah um, like the the whole framework of the whole the whole movie taking place, uh, you know, over the, of course, the course of one of game a, of a game, yeah, yeah, it was was I thought a cool idea, but um, yeah, but still, you know, and, and the Spider-Man movies, I really liked at the time. Watching them now, I feel like they're they're pretty dated. Two is not as dated, and and it's got a little bit more of Ramiisms in it. But uh, I wanted more. Like I really want just like let Rami. Like, let him loose on the Spider-Man movies. Don't. And I felt like he was, you know, probably Sony in the studio were, were still kind of holding him back and just making let him make more of a straightforward movie. Yeah. But like, Well, the first lo-
1: one, the first one probably feels really dated because every other superhero that they made a a movie about at, at the beginning of, of phase one, they they reused and reused the same origin story formula over and over again that that ramey kind of nailed with yeah. with the first Sp- spider-man so yeah
0: yeah but uh i mean those were obviously huge movies and very important and kickstarted the whole uh well i guess x-men kickstarted it but um spider-man following it so closely you know really lit the fire under the marvel movies uh you know co- going forward necronomicon ex mortis <laughs> roughly translated book of the dead
1: the book served as a passageway to the evil worlds
2: beyond. It was written long ago,
1: And the seas ran red with blood. It was this blood that was used to ink the book. In the year 1300 A.D., the book disappeared.
0: But let's go way back now. Let's talk about how Evil Dead, all, how the whole thing came to be, uh, really starting with Ramey and Tappert and Bruce Campbell. Um, they shot a lot of short films together. They shot uh, a short called Within the Woods in 1978. And they wanted to use the film as a proof of concept that they could go around and raise money. And that's a common way to to start fundraising of like, do a short or do shoot a trailer or something that can entice people that you've got something good. Give me your money. And I'll make, I'll make a, a better version of it. So, uh, so they, they ended up raising $90,000 for evil dead one. And eventually after all the fundraising was done, it I think it totaled out at about 375,000, but, um, evil dead one is like, I don't know, to me, it's like, Low, low, low budget filmmaking at its best, because sure. you've you know it's it's clear that there's not a lot of money that they don't have a lot of money, but they're doing a lot with what they do have, and that's where you really see Evil Dead One is like intense version of raimi with everything's like a weird camera angle and a weird point of view and weird speeds, and of course it's doing it to set the tone for for the movie and that the, the spirits that are there and they're controlling all these things. But um, the, the basic plot is five friends coming to a house in the woods for, was it a weekend or a holiday weekend or something that they're, uh, and it's very remote. And when they get there, they find the a recording of a reading of the book of the dead. <laughs> and when mm-hmm. they play it, it unearths the evil spirits within the woods, uh, who attack throughout the rest of the movie, you know, attack them and one by one, they're kind of all falling to the side, except our hero, Ash, who maybe survives. We've that's where we've, we've got that last shot at the end of the movie of it. You know, you think he survived. He's the last one it's daylight. He's, he's destroyed the book of the dead, but then it ends with this shot. Uh, this you know, the, the spirit like racing through the woods and racing through the house and just tackles right into him and he screams yeah. and that's how it ends so great kind of 70s kind of ending like downer ending and, and ambiguous right. um, but uh, yeah what do you what do you think specifically of evil dead one. I
1: haven't, you know, to be quite honest, I didn't see Evil Dead 1 until later. So I think it was probably college before I saw Evil Dead 1. I, uh, When I saw it, it confused me because I couldn't determine, I couldn't figure out because there's a lot of similarities, right, between kind of the first half of Evil Dead 2 or parts of Evil Dead 2 and and parts of Evil Dead 1. And I couldn't figure out if it was a sequel right. or what That's was going thing. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, uh, but it was much darker. The tone was much different than it was in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. And, you know, I appreciated it, but the reality was, like, by that time, because I had seen everything out of order, like, I was... So much more a fan of Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness that like I just don't like I. It's very seldom I go. I don't. I couldn't even tell you the last time that I watched Evil Dead One again. Um, it would have probably still been when we were in school. Like I just don't find it. Like if I'm gonna go back and watch one, especially because there are similarities. Like I'm gonna watch Evil Dead Two. Yeah, well, especially one hundred percent of the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is—it is really a horror movie. It's intended to be right. to really be a gross-out horror film that's meant to scare you. And and what we know of Evil Dead is, I think, what many of us like is the humor side mixed. Yeah, in like with the that. tongue-in-cheek
1: so, Three Stooges style approach, yeah. the slapstick, like all that, like that's like such a huge. Like, I mean, Evil Dead 2 is still kind of terrifying. Like, there's a lot of freaky shit going on, a lot of gore, a lot of really intense stuff. But, like, those moments of comedy, like, help cut through that so well. Like, it breaks that tension in such a way that makes it, like, incredibly entertaining. And I don't think the first movie has that. Like, it's just all intense. And, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, again... There's a lot of cool stuff in there, like you were mentioning that I think shows a lot of like the early seeds of, of Ramy's like kind of figuring things out and his evolution that we would see further develop in, in the Evil Dead Two and and Army of Darkness and I mean even all his like all his movies you you see those like traces right but oh yeah but um yeah I just you know I mean I, I appreciate it for what it is but it's just not it's not one that I'm like. Super jazzed about watching. Yeah,
0: again. No, I hear you. I hear you there. And it's a lot of they, they were learning as they were going. They were learning how to make movies. They were learning how to do stop motion animation. They were learning how to do gore and and special effects. And it was a lot of experimentation. David, what about you? Are you have you seen Evil Dead one?
2: No, I've never seen it. I don't think. Um, and just uh, based on what I know and the way in uh, the way Brent just sort of talked about it, I probably won't even seek it out. Like, just I mean, I don't, you know, Evil Dead Two sort of does it for me, so it's it's fine. Like, if it's the better version of the two, even though it's not the same exact thing. Um, you know, this is I I'd, I'd prefer the more polished version, I guess, you know, yeah. so yeah, I, I think I
1: think it's hard to find too. like I think the first version is kind of hard to find these days. Yeah. But
0: it's it's really like if you're a hardcore Raimi fan or, you know, really are curious about how it started or really like the low budget old school kind of horror films, then that's pro- probably where its audience is now. Sure. But if you like kind of the story of where it goes. You know, it's. I wouldn't say it's a must-watch. It's. It's a. You know, watch if you if you really are curious about it. But is um, the
2: uh, is the te- is the handheld through the woods technique? Is that in the in Evil Dead? Is that only the last shot, or do they do that like? No, they do it,
0: it. They they do it a bunch of times in there. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I know it's like multiple times in Evil Dead too, but. I didn't know if it like it, it's only the one shot that just like changed everything or it's part. no, of
0: the no, the, it's, it's like the shot, the, the spirit shot really. That, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the camera like hooked up to a motorcycle by like two by fours, you know, yeah. just yeah, like yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Raimi riding through a motorcycle through the woods.
1: When well, you got to imagine when they figured out, Oh, let's do this. Like how excited they were about that shot. Cause it's like, yeah. It's awesome and you know it doesn't show up in a lot of stuff and it's become very much like a a bit of a signature element to his to his style. Yeah. But you have to imagine in that first movie when they figured that out and strapped it to the motorcycle and he's like I've got this idea. <laughs> right? Like let's check it out. And it yeah. worked. Like hell yeah, they were pretty jazzed about it.
0: And really it it's, so Evil Dead 1 I, I think they shot it in like 79 and 80 but it doesn't come out until 82. Uh, it really is unlike a lot of the other big horror movies at the time. When you're looking at even the more polished ones like Halloween and Friday the 13th, it's got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like it's got such a distinct look. It's very different and unique feeling from all those. And we've talked about so many of those horror films and the influence it had and, and, or that they had and the imitations that were, you know, poor imitations of Halloween and poor imitations of Friday the 13th. This is not that. Evil Dead is like something unique and different, which, and definitely showed a filmmaker with, with real, real talent. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. But the, so the movie comes out, it, it, it gets, ends up getting distributed by Irvin Shapiro. It, uh, and he gets it in, I think he was on the board at Cannes, so he lets it screen out of competition at Cannes in 1982. And it gets really, really good reviews, some of, one of which was from Stephen King. And, you know, put, putting Stephen King's stamp of approval on it is was a big deal. I mean, it's, it's a big deal now. It was a huge deal then too, because yeah. he was like the superstar horror writer uh, at the time, and he was still really up and coming. Um, it ends up making 2.6 million dollars off of what a $375,000 budget. So, pretty pretty good win there and it does really well in the foreign markets especially in Italy. Um, you know, where these kind of horror the really yeah. gruesome horror movies too, like and like all sorts yeah. of
1: the Italian horror scene was freaking awesome then. Yeah. Mike would tell you that for sure. Like that's that was true. that was his that was Mike Patterson 101 lesson plan. It was <laughs> The Italian zombie horror scene was legit.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: We are the things that were and shall be
0: again. Uh, and it ends up getting an X rating, which was like both, I think both the death knell to a movie, but also kind of a something to brag about. (laughs) They
2: got, they got Jamie Kennedy. They got the X.
0: They did. They got the X. It was, uh, it was labeled in the UK as one of the video nasties. So it was really restricted and really, you know, had groups speaking out against the movie, but, um, but still, it built its. Um, it sort of used that as like a, a way to market itself. That video uh,
1: nasty's so much cooler a way to say this is a bad video nasty than 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 X rating. Like video <laughs> nasty. Like come on. Like that's so yeah. much better.
0: It's an elite club. Oh man. Yeah, they were really into the censorship at that point in time. But um, so coming out of Evil Dead 1, you know, the, ramey obviously wants to use that to springboard his career and connects with his assistant editor, one of his assistant editors from Evil Dead 1, a, a young man by the name of Joel Cohen and his wily brother Ethan. Uh they mm-hmm. get together and wrote uh his next film called Crime Wave which uh he had a lot of problems on with the studio that was producing it at the time and a lot of interference and he felt like he was never creatively allowed to do what he was wanting to do with that film and it was uh it was a big failure it was it was as high as he came up from evil dead it went way down with crime wave which is an interesting movie have you seen it i was just gonna ask i I saw it maybe 20 years ago i've not seen it recently but it was very i remember it being just very bizarre and it felt like uh, a like a story that wasn't whole. It you know, mm-hmm. was missing things. Um, and, you know, just overall, it didn't didn't work. There's fun parts about it. And, and they, the studio wouldn't let him cast Sam, uh, Bruce Campbell. So, you know, it was just. A very difficult uh, process the, all yeah. the way through. So he has to kind of turn back and, and go back to the well with what worked for him and that's coming up with a sequel to evil dead and and here comes evil dead too everybody finally so here we go. um so he had talked about doing a the the next story in the evil dead was really army of darkness that it was mm-hmm. it would start with ash getting knocked you know we see him getting knocked from that last shot in evil dead that he gets knocked basically into a different realm which is what happens in army of darkness so um, that's the initial story he's kind of starting to write, while at the same time trying to get a distributor and get financing for for this movie for Evil Dead Two. Um, he's struggling with that, and and Stephen King come, comes back and hears that Ramey's, uh having a hard time, so he recommends him to Dino De Laurentiis, who we've talked about many times on this show, huge yeah. producer for decades, and you know, like a legendary producer. Um, so Dino calls up Rami and, and says, I'm gonna do, I'm starting to do Stephen King movies. I want you to direct Thinner, uh, which Rami turns down and Thinner doesn't end up getting made until what, 97, 98 when that comes out. Yeah. Um, but Dino doesn't take it personally and keeps an interest and an eye on Rami, and uh, ends up, uh, you know, long story short, ends up funding uh, 3.6 million for Evil Dead 2. So that's a huge jump in budget from what they had for Evil Dead 1. And they were hoping, you know, Tappert and Raimi were were hoping for 4 million. That's was their like goal for what the, everything they wanted to do. They got 3.6, which was pretty close. The catch was that he'd fund the movie, but it's gotta be more like Evil Dead 1 than this, story they were pitching about army of darkness so it's got to be you know let's get back in the woods traditional horror movie there you go so so and that comes story-wise uh this is where it comes back to is this movie a sequel is it a remake what do you because you can kind of argue it either way and that's kind of a fun thing about it like is ash dumb like a did he survive and b is he dumb enough to go back to the same cabin?
1: <laughs> I think we joked around in college that that was the case, but I don't they know. They joke like, around about it. <laughs> yeah, I. To me, it seems more like a remake. It seems like a way for him to get into Army of Darkness, right? So he takes some of, he takes some of what he liked from Evil Dead, and then combines it with an ending that gets him to Army of Darkness, and then.
0: That's how we get here. Here's the thing though. So they shot versions that have all the other actors in it at the cabin. So there's scenes similar,
1: similar to like the first one, right? Correct.
0: It would be a full remake. Sorry. It would be be a full full remake. remake. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, they ended up cutting all those scenes out so it, it does it, it it's questionable on the amazing well it's the DVD now, but the the it was originally recorded for the laser disc the audio commentary that has. Sam Raimi Bruce Campbell uh, Scott Spiegel, who is uh, the writer brought on mm-hmm. that that Raimi brought in another one of the childhood friends and Greg Nicotero from KnB uh as uh, the effects house uh, all on the commentary and they they joke around about whether. That that yes, Ash is that dumb. That after he survives that, he gets his, Brings his next girlfriend, in. I hope those I hope those spirits are gone. <laughs> hey, I'll swallow your soul.
2: I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul.
0: <laughs> swallow this. Scott Spiegel comes in to write the rest of the script, and it's really Raimi and Spiegel, just like going off in a room and finding what's, what's fun, like, what can we do to make this different and what makes them laugh. It was a lot of, they put a lot of three stooges kind of humor, you know, that was the whole decision. Like let's inject some humor into this and, but we can do both. It can be funny and it can be scary. So, um, so they worked together and they all, they all lived in a house, uh, that had, it was Raimi, the Cohen brothers, Holly Hunter, and Kathy Baker all lived in a house in Silver Lake together. So Jeez. amazing group of talent in one place. Yeah. But trying to write this movie with all those people around was uh, was difficult. So the Bobby Joe character, who's one of the one of the uh, supporting roles, was completely based off Holly Hunter. And I think they wanted her to. I think they tried to get her to be in it. Maybe she might have been doing broadcast news, or maybe maybe raising Arizona, but um, yeah. And the partnership that Raimi kind of had with the Coen brothers for a while was, um, was cool that they would, they were always helping each other out with their scripts or, you know, I think Ramy makes a couple of appearances in some of the Coen brothers movies and, um, you know, using techniques like camera techniques on blood simple. There's definitely Sam Raimi kind of shots that they do that like fast zoom ins and, Uh, put you know uh, like dolly shots so uh it's just cool that the amount of talent all kind of working together so um but yeah the plot wise i mean the story is basically the same as the first movie and that ash brings his girlfriend linda up for a romantic weekend in the woods at this cabin and and uh again finds the recording and and it's a cabin. It's like a prof. I think it's a professor's cabin, or um, that they're they're renting. And he
2: right. finds
0: the recording and plays it, and what do you know? It unleashes all the demons again, who immediately kill Linda <laughs> and uh, turn her into into one of the one of the evil dead. And it that's was scary. It, you were scared, David. Was I was scared. scared a bit.
2: I was scared a bit. Yeah. I was scared a bit.
0: You had to stop it and you called me, and we had to
2: to walk through it. Yeah, Yeah. you
0: had to talk me through it. It's not real, it's
2: not real, it's just a movie. It's It's stop
0: motion animation, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But But yeah, this is where it, it gets really, really visual. The movie that as soon as Linda's killed and and uh, she does this stop motion dance you know ballet sequence out in the woods that's direct that that segment was directed by tom sullivan um yeah it's like really it's it's really weird but it's pretty awesome it kind of like doesn't fit but it's just like okay go for it you did it
1: i mean it's it's, since clash of the titans is one of the first like one of one of the early movies from my from my childhood that i that I recall watching over and over again like I'm all for stop motion. Uh even if it is out of place, I'll uh, I'll I'll take it.
0: So we're we're basically with Ash, we're in the cabin. Uh he has to fight off his girlfriend who is now an evil dead uh deadite attacking him. And this is where it gets it gets crazy. I mean, she attacks him and he takes her head off with a shovel. Yeah. Um so violent but also like kind of hilarious at the same time without just how bizarre it is
1: I mean this whole house is spiraling into insanity right like I mean there's like just like the 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 taxidermied heads on the on the walls like laughing and I mean just Bruce Campbell's spin into madness yes. all leading to his wrestling his own hand which is just a hugely classic scene from this
0: from this movie yeah yeah i mean fighting off his own girlfriend having to bring her to the the, the work shed that that has a funny story about that later yeah, on. yeah yeah uh you know and having to like chop her up i mean that he can't even believe he's having to do this but he, he has to do it like immediately or you know god knows what's going to happen one of my favorite there's two favorite moments for me in the work shed. And and Bruce tells this story on the commentary track that when he was uh, <laughs> so when he was shooting that scene, they they did the ADR later on. And when he says when he looks over at the workshed and he goes workshed workshed, and it's just a little a little <laughs> too loud and just just out of place. <laughs> yeah. So when he's shooting when he's shooting Escape from L.A. and he meets our dear friend Kurt Russell, the first thing Kurt says to him he goes say work shed (laughs) oh wow that's hilarious and then i love when he he runs into the work shed and he you know tears open the curtain and there's a chalk outline of of the chainsaw yeah so like that's the chainsaw's place but does anybody do an outline of anything to like in their shed or garage or Oh no! They, that is
2: that is a technique for when you when you were pe- when you when if you would pegboard your tools, stuff like that, and you don't necessarily you you would draw around it so you know which one which tool properly goes. But if a you chainsaw. Them. Well, yeah, because because you, you know how much room it it takes, so you know where the hooks are. <laughs> All right, David. All right. I know. I know. It's absurd, like you... <laughs> I know. It's a. I know. You were like, isn't that weird? But no. It's like, I'm with it's
0: like, David.
1: Like... I'm with David. Yeah, the pegboard outlines like that's a real thing. But, I know the
0: pegboard, but there's but, no pegboard in there, by the way. No, but, yeah. it, it is true, it yeah. is a
1: little funny in this broke-ass That's friggin' <laughs> shed out in the middle of nowhere that it's got this really, like, crappy chainsaw <laughs> yeah. circular, you know? <laughs> I like, kid. Like, like,
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And then, and then immediately, like, right when you have enough time to put it together, like, oh, he's looking for a chainsaw. It's not there, but I know it's supposed to be there because of this chalk outline. Then... <laughs> the headless body of linda comes he comes bursting in. <laughs> through with the chainsaw like <laughs> yeah it's hilarious it's hilarious uh you know and not so then he has to go through you know he has to to destroy what's left of linda and poor linda by the way poor linda. Uh, and then he's got Bad during day. the fight sequence with her head she ends up biting his hand which we see pretty quickly gets infected in another great stop-motion You know shot of like you see it kind of spiral through his his palm and and then spread through his whole hand so before the rest of him becomes a deadite he's got to uh get rid of that hand and and here comes the chainsaw again and that's you know one of the signature scenes of of the movie of for sure and actually you know i went to i went a little too far ahead but the once his hand is possessed the battle that he has this is the brilliance of Bruce Campbell of the way he's able to, you know, his hand acting is like, he should have won an Oscar.
1: Well, I mean, it's like, but it's that battle scene is like great though. That him fighting his hand. I mean, it's, it's not only like, uh, homages to some of the three stooges, but like Buster Keaton and some of those like old school, silent physical actors, like, I mean, it's it's really, really good. Like, it's really well done. Like, he really sells it. It's it's an amazing scene, honestly. For for what this movie is, like, that's a pretty well-executed scene. I mean, and it's why it stands the test of time. Like, it is probably the scene that sticks out in most people's mind when they think of this movie. You know, it's at least one of the top, top three. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty impressive. And also, probably the one of the big reasons that there are so many Bruce Campbell fans
0: yeah or mean, there there
1: there's a group of Bruce Campbell fans at least
0: it really feels like the hand is a separate entity yeah. from bruce campbell from ash that <laughs> and it kicks the crap out of him you know <laughs> like smashing oh, him with plates yeah. and like punching him in the vase and you know yeah he beats his ass to yeah. play. And, He's then, like... and and then the shot with the hand like he knocks ash out And the hand just pulling him like great acting and just great. What a great scene. And then that's where, you know, Ash wakes up and is like, that's it. And he cuts his own hand off with the chainsaw. Yeah. So, you know, at, at the same time, we cut out of that and into it was a little jarring to me watching it this time. Like, whoa, okay, Suddenly we're with other characters who we've never, you know, we haven't met before in a completely different place and bringing in a whole other side story into the, into the, uh, you know, in, into the main story. So we see the daughter of the owner of the cabin who hasn't been able to reach her dad and is going to go up to the cabin to investigate with her boyfriend, I guess. It's a little unclear what their relationship is, but
1: yeah, this seemed like, yeah I yeah. don't know. It's interesting. And then interesting. they meet
0: two locals on the way because now as they try to get to the cabin the bridge is out which is you know something else we see earlier when when Ash is trying to escape that suddenly the bridge has like curled up like a hand uh and won't let him, him out or oh. let anybody in to where the cabin is. So curled yeah. up like
2: a hand that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah. So uh, then we've got four other characters coming and while they're on their way to the cabin, we just see everything's gone crazy in, in the cabin. That's what, Brent, that's the scene you were yeah. talking about yeah. with the the heads coming to life that are, you know, the animal heads and deer heads on the wall, like the lamp, everything, which is another amazing scene because all these special effects are going off all at once, like the clock, the lamp, the the deer heads, like everything's moving and coming to life and Ash is literally going insane. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, when the rest of the group shows up and Ash has now armed himself with, he's got a chainsaw and a shotgun and, uh, ends up, they end up sort of attacking each other and they don't know what's going on. He doesn't know who they are. They don't know who this crazy guy is. That's in, you know, their this woman's father's cabin. Um, and they're so, they like beat the crap out of him again, <laughs> yeah. knock him out and throw him in the cellar, which is another great sequence.
1: Yeah. Yes. So Introducing Henrietta.
0: Henrietta played by, in full makeup uh, and costume, uh, played by Ted Raimi. And, you know, this gruesome character that I guess is supposed to be her mother, right? Or her aunt or something some relative yeah yeah yeah. uh who's been we we realized later on that she was the first one possessed and her father the the you know professor like locked her in the cellar where now ash has been thrown down into so And when we finally see when Henry, you know, they end up pulling Ash out at the last second. And when Henrietta attacks, you know, this just crazy sequence of uh, them, Henrietta fighting against them and, and poor Ted Ramey in that suit. Um, It's uh, had to be miserable. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was hot on the set, you know, the, 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 interior of the cabin was built in a high school gym in uh where is it in Wadesboro, was it wadesboro um oh no. yeah wadesboro north carolina mm-hmm. and it was boiling hot in there plus you're in ted ramey's in this latex suit and just Dripping, just sweating profusely the entire time. He lost a lot of weight, but there's actually a shot that's really disgusting when you see it of Henrietta swinging around, and you can see liquid just pouring out of the ear, and that's all just sweat <laughs> oh, geez, oh, from Ted ramey And oh, it was wow. like he was like up to his like knees in sweat when he would come out of that suit every day. Uh, it was uh, really gross so and so like unhealthy and dangerous <laughs> but
1: yeah i that's... think
0: Remy liked to uh torture ted and uh and bruce Campbell. so it's
1: like, yeah my brother will do it
0: but that's so le- jumping over to the effects in this movie um the the head the the lead effects person was mark schostrom who we talked a little bit about him on our nightmare on elm street 2 episode which you can listen to in the archives at reconsination.com. Uh yeah, so he had done Nightmare on Elm Street 2, lots of, you know, he's a major name in in special effects in the uh, in the 80s especially, but right underneath him were the team that would become uh, and form KNB Effects, which is one of the top effects houses, uh, you know, really in the world, uh, but the the major thing they do is The Walking Dead now, but mm-hmm. i have done tons of big movies uh through the last thirty some odd years, but Greg Nicotero, Howard Berger, and Robert Kurtzman. So uh, they were like the number two guys, right underneath him, and were you know doing all this stuff personally themselves. So deeply involved in this one. Yeah. Um. So, what do you guys think about the <laughs> the end of the movie, plot wise, story wise? That. You know, finally, uh, one by one, there the the additional people are getting killed, and it's just it's uh, down to to Ash and um, oh gosh, Sarah Barry is the actress who who is uh, surviving with him. But what do you think about the end sequence? What happens to her? Does she she gets stabbed in the back with the the Kandarian dagger? Right. Does she die? we don't know it's a little I mean I used to think that she lived watching it this time like no I think she's she's reading the passages that are opening the portal as she's dying and then you you do see her fall over but I guess you know it could go either way
1: I don't know it's a little like uh you know um it's unclear because we never really go back to her I mean ash ends up in the portal he gets end up. He ends up getting blown out of the house and through the woods and into the portal. So we don't. We don't know. It's a little bit like, I don't know what Leah Thompson and is it uh, no who is it and and Back to the Future, where, where we just leave her on the
0: oh yeah on the uh, on the porch know, oh, and Elizabeth Shoe.
1: Elizabeth Shoe and we're like okay whatever yeah
2: <laughs> the story's just gonna take place yeah well so yeah, they're trying I think- to
0: oh go ahead David.
2: Well, I was gonna say, yeah, it's almost like I think it leaves it open, right? If he's ever to come back, maybe she she could have. I don't know. I don't think it matters, but yeah, I, I never really thought. I figured she was that she was done for, and then you know now Ash has a, another adventure to go on.
0: Well, and they're they're trying to open the portal to like send all the spirits through the portal and away. not knowing where that portal goes but the shitty thing is that ash gets sucked through it as well so
1: well isn't he kind of battling with being possessed like kind of that whole time though so maybe it still is like it's it's just that that spirit is attached to him so he's going with it
0: yeah maybe i I don't know i always i always Saw it that just it was it's literally like a wind tunnel that's pulling everything through and and he's only got the one hand so he he can't hang on.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true too, right? Because doesn't it pull the car and all sorts of? Yeah, you
0: see the car go through. You see a whole (laughs) bunch of the trees. The car, which
1: by the way, is every single person's car in the movie. Like I don't know if you noticed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that that, car pops up in all of Sam Raimi's movies. That's
0: so that's Sam Raimi's car that has been in in one version or another it's been in every one of his movies that he's had it altered the rumor the the question was always the quick and the dead like how does it show up up in that one but apparently the rumor is that he had it partially stripped down and there's a wagon in one scene and that they've they're using the car as the wagon they've just dressed over it
1: oh that's awesome
0: that's like All right, if you can do it, that's
1: that's dedication, but also unnecessary. Like nobody's gonna catch that.
0: It's Uncle Ben's car in Spider-Man. You know, it's. uh, I think it's still around. I'm I'm not sure if it's been.
1: It was definitely in Drag Me to Hell. I mean, that's the last. I I for sure spotted it there. Um, I don't know if it was in uh, the latest Marvel one though. Yeah, strange
2: gotta be i didn't didn't, i'm sure
1: it is it's probably on the street in new york right behind bruce campbell bruce campbell's probably leaning on it when he's you know like
0: yeah yeah that that makes sense but yeah i'll have to go back and look
1: uh but yeah i guess you're right everything is kind of getting pulled in but i do stand by he was still possessed i mean he is battling being possessed still right because his eyes are like glazing over and all sorts of stuff is happening I don't know. All yeah. I know is, like, he makes it to the other side of the portal, and that's the beginning. Well, of he gets episodes.
0: so he does get turned. You know, about halfway through the movie, he gets turned. You know, he mm-hmm. gets. There's a there's another great shot of, um, him getting blasted, and he flies through the woods, and and you know ends up going into this like puddle that yeah. Night. And when he comes out of it, he's possessed. But that shot of him going through the woods he was rigged up to a camera and it was doing like one frame. I I, I forget what the exact frame rate was, but it w- it was, it took hours and they just drove down a road with him, Bruce Campbell strapped to this rig and spinning him like left, right, left, like circular. It was, it, it was, uh, Sounds quite horrible. torturous for him. And, and that's what I mean. When Ramey loved to torture him, it was like physically really hard to do. You know, that's a, not an easy yeah. setup, but yeah. And So he becomes so ash at one point does become possessed, but then it's seeing the locket from Linda's locket that he's so heartbroken from it that he's like able to <laughs> fight off the inner deadite and come back to being ash. Um, but uh, yeah, there's so much there, there's so much humor in all of this that it, it it's so ridiculous that it's hilarious, you know, they, like, when he gets hit with, like, a hose of blood, it's like, a, it's like 10 fire hoses, and the blood isn't red blood, it's black, it's green, it's white, it's pink, it's all these different colors. Um, you know, just the, the whole tone of the movie is it's hard to take, like, I don't know how you could watch it and say it's just a full-out horror movie. No.
2: no it's it's meant to be.
0: Yeah. It's, it
2: has uh, whimsy. <laughs> There's whimsy.
0: I think there are people, though, who consider it like a scary horror movie. I just, I never, I, I don't know how you could see it that way.
1: I mean, I mean it's, all- it's definitely scarier than, like, Army of Darkness. Like, I mean, each yeah. one of the movies progressively gets kind of more and more goofy and it all culminates even further into, you know, Ash versus the evil dead and all that. Like, I mean, that's just more like on the, on the army of darkness side, I feel like, but I mean, not that that show doesn't have some pretty awesome, like possessed thing gags going on, but, but I don't know. Like this one has definitely got a lot of funny Intentionally funny gags. Yeah. yeah I mean, but I mean, it's, it, there's still some terrifying things in it. Yeah. yeah.
2: some ad, uh, Unsettling imagery is, is definitely there. Like, you know, but it's not this. It's, but, you know, it's it's always there's always some tonal shift with some whimsy or the way it's cut or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's like it's like because I don't, you know, like uh, for the time, I don't really recall other. I mean, you mentioned earlier, like horror comedies you know but I don't really I can't really think of any you know like I don't consider young Frankenstein a horror comedy I just consider that a comedy
0: like Texas Chainsaw 2 but that might have actually come out after this movie
1: yeah I mean that's probably a good I mean that is definitely you know like I mean that definitely probably fits in the world but I would even say that that's less comedy and more more horror but to me, the one that sticks out is like Sean uh Shaun Shaun of, the, of dead. the Dead. Yeah.
0: That's you really know? what started the modern trend of the horror comedies. It's Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland, you know, being so popular yeah. that it became a thing after those.
1: Yeah. But I don't recall a whole lot, you know. I mean, I feel like I feel like this was like not a well-defined genre mashup at yeah. the time. And so, you know, like it's probably not as much in the middle as things like uh, Shaun of the Dead and things like, yeah, more recently are, you know, there's probably two two extremes, like there's still some really scary scary kind of horror genre stuff, and then there's some really goofy kind of comedy stuff.
0: And I think a lot of it is is Raimi's visuals, but also the cinematography by Peter Deming that, and and of course Bruce Campbell's performance at all add to the comedy you know there's there's a shot where the spirit you know the spirit is chasing or one of the spirits is chasing ash like into the house through the house but he's actually like he's actually going between the walls for part of it like he's running through rooms then he's suddenly he's between the walls like how how does that how does that even work and it's just they go right past it like you just have to catch it and you know, realize it's there. And it's one of those movies that on multiple viewings, like you catch more and more. And a lot of the subtleties that Bruce is doing, I mean, some of it's very over the top and obvious, but there's some subtleties too that are just just kind of hilarious. And um, yeah, uh, I think Peter, the Peter Deming team up with Sam Raimi was really important here and um, works works great. And of course, we've got some great, dialogue some classic one line you know some classic oh, yeah. uh, lines came out of it sure you know the whole sequence with the the shotgun and the chainsaw and and you know groovy like that's that's a moment that's a movie moment right there groovy you know and then the the showdown with the the creature that henrietta kind of becomes the the big monster towards the end um
1: and that friggin uh what's the name of the the lullaby that, that Henrietta is singing? Oh uh, god, I
0: can't. Uh uh what's looking at the
1: the hushed little baby. Whatever. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the name of that the mockingbird one. Why is yeah. it that all horror movies think that it's like so damn important to put some creepy <laughs> freaking
2: it's always like a child thing yes. yeah what is that you gotta though? do that Hush. Yeah,
0: it's like hush little baby you know don't say a word that yeah. that one Mom guess is, you really know a that's
2: mockingbird that's supposed to be very comforting for a child yeah. and, you know very and then so oh well we're gonna put it in, but yeah. now you're gonna you're gonna die <laughs> but the dead the so like the deadite design though is such a great design like of the like you know what what happens to them after they're taken over and stuff like that i just am a big big fan of that because like and then like whatever 30 years later 35 years later when they did ash versus evil Dead, and Mm -hmm. i mean we saw them in the army of darkness and stuff too but like it's just such a great design um that that is kind of scary and terrifying but there is a like a cartoonish whimsy to their design too yeah, like they're
1: like caricature kind of feeling yeah
2: they don't like it's not like a natural like the way you'd like put a demo- a demonically possessed person in a lot of these horror you know it's like it's some version of a a warped person but like it's demonic or whatever but like the deadites are like this they are they look like cartoons like that are just like exaggerated forms and stuff like that yeah um and uh you know so it, they're Tonally, it all fits together because it's not like you, they're not like
0: they're not they're zombies, not, yeah, they're
2: not zombies. But they like they can be terrifying, like they're purposely terrifying, and with their laughter and all of that, like they're like they want to freak you out, you know, like so. There's you're not laughing at them necessarily, but like you can you laugh along with like what they're doing. I don't know.
0: Well, and they're the goal of the the deadites is to just get more convert more people into deadites and just spread right
2: yeah i guess yeah because they're
0: saying like join us is like what they're you know one of the right. things that they're saying yeah. so yeah um and then the end you know back to the ending of once he goes through the portal like he crashes in um you know olden times unknown you know medieval yeah kind medieval of- right and it's this you know washed out white kind of deserty place and we see the the car land and and mm-hmm. then ash and but
1: don't um, they they foreshadow it earlier in the movie right like they, yeah. don't they they mention something about this hail or whatever right of, it is yeah. it is
0: set up and then it's paid yeah. off here I, I think it's almost like as if that's where the spirits came from so that's it would make sense it's a portal going back to them
2: yeah but you know, shows him with the the chainsaw in his hand, I think, and the shotgun in his hand. Yeah. and the other hand. And...
0: So, so it, you have to catch that, you really, and you don't really yeah. realize it till you've seen the movie all the way through. But yeah, um, but yeah, and then then you know, as the the new deadite is attacking the you know the this the people in this town, um, you know, the hero stands up with his shotgun and takes it out, and then that's where the movie ends where he's screaming, no, you know, he's like left, <laughs> yeah, left there uh for good. So, uh, and it's another kind of downer ending, uh, but ambiguous what's going to happen next. And that leads, you know, to the great film that is Army of Darkness, which we will, we will cover on another episode, but yeah. uh Yeah. So I don't know. I like, it feels very a dark ending to me. And then Army of Darkness is such a like lighter tone immediately. But you can really see the evolution of the the films. Yeah, I agree. Um Really enjoyed the score by Joe Loduca. He did uh, yeah. all three films. And, and also you can kind of hear him like Harry Manfredini in the... Friday the 13th films, like you can hear him kind of evolving as a composer, Mm -hmm. as it gets a little more complex and, you know, sounding bigger each movie. Um, But yeah, did a really good job of like capturing the tone for this one, for sure. So what do you think does does Evil Dead 2 now, having seen, you know, the horror comedies of today's era and, and the 2000s, what do you think about this one? Do you think it does it still work? Does it does it hold up?
1: I mean, it does for me. Like I, I, you know, I think it's great. I don't even know what you would compare it to today, though.
0: I mean, like, I think you, is... you, you have to compare it to. To me, it's like Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland are two of the. Yeah, most... but they're they're like
1: completely different. Still, though.
0: They are, but they're trying. They are mixing in a similar way of a hor- horrific situation and yeah. comedy
1: but they're just obviously also so much more polished, you know, like, I I don't know, like this to me, like, there's still this like experimental kind of feel to some of the stuff that's happening here, you know, in mixing of the genres and, you know, like even like the mixing of, of styles of, of effects and, you know, like the practical effects in this, you know, I mean, they're obviously great makeup effects, but like the stop motion and things like that, like, I don't know. And, and, you know, even the, the, like the Sam Raimi money shot thing where he's zooming through the, the woods still feels, it feels dangerous. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel quite like, like it's, you know, like, I don't know where the safety constraints and all this stuff were. Like, it honestly feels like they're just like, all right, let's chuck Bruce Campbell up into the air and hopefully we'll catch him and he'll be all right, you know, but it's like, you know, like there's just kind of, which is cool. Like, I think that that aspect of it is cool. Like, I think it's kind of like when you go back and kind of talk about the history of like this genre and filmmaking, like this is very much like kind of the early, like kind of, kind of tests at it. And yeah, like things have been polished and things have been done now. And I, yeah, I mean, Shaun of the Dead is freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: you another know, zombie... one, uh, another one I would say is uh, Return of the Living Dead.
1: Return of the Living Dead. Okay, that's we
0: covered back one of our very first episodes back in year one.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Um, also great. I still to this day. I mean, the scene in the I don't know if it's the basement of the medical center or whatever they are, and they've got this like dog that is you know like a uh, meant to show you the inside of you know and they <laughs> yeah. o- obviously had done some dissection of a of a <laughs> of a dog at some point and it's half alive like it's that's a great gag yeah um anyway but yeah i feel like this is like as a predecessor like i think it totally stands up you know for me like i think that this is really fantastic and the strongest of the three like I, army of darkness is Great, but like I would go to this one over any of the other like either of those other two.
0: I, I, yeah. I always lean on this one too. That I just yeah, I just yeah. prefer more of the horror, you know, the the a little more of the horror side still in it. Army of Darkness, if I want just like the fun version, then I go to Army of Darkness.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I feel like I don't know, something just about like the formula of like the scenes in the woods and like a cabin. I mean like cabin in the woods, right? Like that's another movie that's, yeah, obviously yeah. like super like tongue in cheek and and very aware of itself, and and stuff like that. But yeah, I this to me totally holds up.
0: What about you, David? How do you feel about it now?
2: Yeah, it's great. It it still holds up, and it's it's um there's a lot to enjoy. Uh, it, it doesn't like you, you get you you're seeing. Something that isn't imitated all that much in terms of like you know, and it's it's that un it's that that unpolished style really still continues to work. So yeah, um, but you know, like mixing genres, you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a movie that you know tried to you it had like vampires killing teenagers, but then there was a lot of joke. It was like a, a tongue in cheek kind of movie. You got a Paul Rubens like being like a a wacky kind of undead vampire yeah. uh <laughs> in it and like you know and yeah like that uh that's that's another one that's sort of like trying to mix genres in film and um you know it's a little i think it's a little more it's more like teen comedy and like sure rom-com comedy but it still has that uh, like that other layer it's not like a it's not like a horror movie or anything yeah but, um but it's but it's supposed to be there's supposed to be that sort of that element of like you know I don't know. So the, right. uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm a, like yeah, I like this. It I it made me want to watch Army of Darkness, so I watched that like right
0: after I watched Nice. So, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was the perfect things. pairing.
2: Yeah. So they, they go together. Um, I'm you know, I can't say enough about the the TV show that came out a few years ago, The Ash versus Evil Dead. It's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it takes everything that's great about Evil Dead too and they make a show out of it and it's great it's great like yeah it's so beautiful and well done well shot great design the the running gags are hilarious because it's very bloody like ash just wears he wears the same khakis and (laughs) blue shirt and they get bloody and bloody and bloody and then like when they're done and get cleaned up like the next scene if you everything he's got the everything's perfect again like you can just like like they it's it's but amazing video game video yeah, games style just, <laughs> it's beautiful like it's like uh, i don't know and like a lot of great and a lot of and it's it's all about the lore of these movies so, right you know yeah uh, they go back to the cabin and uh in the series uh, do they see so i watched the
1: first season but i had i didn't watch how many There was it three seasons
2: yeah three seasons yeah
1: so i watched I don't even think I finished the first season. It's not that I didn't like it. It's that yeah. it was difficult to find time because it's a, it's a louder show yeah. with a lot of screaming and, and uh, a lot of possessed beings and things like that, which oh, are yeah. hard. it's hard to watch with little kids around. Yeah. yeah it's it's
0: same, kind same, of a scary. I made it four episodes in and I was like, I just, I can't find a time to watch it when the kids are not around, you know? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I think your older boys would handle it, but yeah, I don't yeah. Think now has, it's
0: I gotta come. Uh, I just got to come back to it now. Yeah, yep. yeah. But uh,
2: a lot, a lot of fun. Like just, and it's it's Bruce Campbell's at his best. Yeah, you
0: know. One, uh, uh, and I, I want to talk about the the rest of the series in just a minute. But one other thing I want to note about the one little thing little jab that's in this movie is this this <laughs> ongoing rivalry at the time between Wes Craven and and Sam Raimi that you have to catch. There's this back and forth in all their movies that started with The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, in that film, there's a shot that has a Jaws poster torn in half in the background. And it's sort of like it was understood that that was Craven's way of saying, like, if you thought Jaws was scary, this is way this is way better so Raimi took exception to that and in evil dead one he has a hills have eyes poster torn in the background in the basement and so uh so craven counters that in nightmare on elm street one when nancy's falling asleep talking to i think johnny depp on the phone she's watching evil dead meaning that (laughs) it's It's so boring boring, you'd fall asleep yeah so (laughs) And, and I think Ramey finished it off here. So Mark Showstrom, who the, did the special effects, was also working on Nightmare on Elm Street 2 at the time and ends up stealing the glove from the set of Nightmare on Elm Street. And you can see it hanging up in the work shed. You can see Freddy's glove in there.
1: Oh, wow. I have to go back and look for it because yeah, I I, mean, I didn't to, catch it. But... You
0: have to find all that stuff. It's like, it, it's not you know obvious at all. Yeah, but, it's not easy. Yeah. But it's there. Oh, that's uh, Should we, uh, before we talk about the future uh, films and series in this any further, should we talk about uh, how it did at the box office? A little box office glory? A little sure. BL. All right. So with a budget of $3.6 million dollars, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, released March 13, 1987, at number 14. <laughs> the other movie opening that weekend was Heat, not the Michael Mann film, the uh, Burt Reynolds film from, from 87. Uh, top of the box office was Lethal Weapon, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and Platoon. Uh yeah. Evil Dead 2 ends up with 5.9 million worldwide, which is, you know, for what this movie is, it 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 made money, it was considered a, a success. So uh, it ends up on the box office number one hundred and seventeen of nineteen eighty seven, right between my life as a dog and a movie called Surrender. So I don't know either of those, but nope. I feel so, like I
1: do recall my life as a dog though. Why do not I my think?
0: life as a house with uh was not not a Kevin Klein movie from
1: no, not that one,
0: 2000 something. Uh yeah, so it's it's deep in there but um you know the interesting thing is what happens next that it sort of these movies Evil Dead 1 and 2 sort of disappear and mm-hmm. you know there was there was a lot of with Dino De Laurentiis's films there was you know as his company folded rights kind of scattered all over the place and it wasn't like they were swept up by one of the major studios so a lot of films for a period of time you know disappeared from home video They weren't you know running on cable by the by the 90s like i don't remember seeing evil dead one or two on cable anymore so yeah um and i don't recall seeing them in the video store readily Uh, you know wasn't readily available either uh that changed a little bit when army of darkness came out but again nobody really it wasn't obvious that uh that was connected to this movie it wasn't promoted as that it wasn't promoted i mean it wasn't titled evil dead 3 or evil dead versus the army of darkness which was the original title so from those trailers like you it just seemed like a standalone movie and I think, you know, it didn't do very well, um, I think partially because people didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it, it it got this kind of, you know, in any time these, these movie disappear, it starts this cult thing, especially back then before streaming. So when we discovered it in 97, 98, when we came back to it was really when a lot of people were finding it again and um, you know army of darkness was starting to turn around that people were starting to love that movie instead of you know seemingly hate it from when it came out so uh you know by i think two by, by like 99 2000 they'd started to hit dvd and then just sales exploded and the, the whole yeah. love of the evil dead movies um it was a whole new appreciation for it there was and, and the fans were like rabid for more that they were wanting a fourth movie or, or, you know, wanting a follow up and, you know, Bruce Campbell was still young and Sam, but Sam Raimi at the same time, just his career finally got traction. um, And, you know, got spider man and I don't think he was not that he didn't want to do an evil dead movie but it didn't really fit with doing those huge big movies that that he was doing so. I think a video came out for PlayStation 2 or 3 at, at one point that was, they're like, ah, oh, if you want an Evil Dead, an Evil Dead 4, like, that's it. But, you know, I don't think that many people saw it. So, um yeah. uh yes, then then finally, Star- it was S.T.A.R.S., right, that released Ash vs. Evil Dead, the series? It was it uh, S.T.A.R.S. Network, was I it think? Star- uh,
2: I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I think it was S.T.A.R.S., but... um. You know who a few years ago was really trying was really getting some shows going good shows and uh yeah i mean that's like that's bruce campbell as the ash that we know and love and following up from the ending of army of darkness of (laughs) like where would ash be now what kind of guy is he if this all started up again you know what would that story be and i think they did um you know everyone seems to have really loved it and i think it, it probably could have gone longer but um um but three seasons was what we got out of it and uh the video game that's out uh now for i guess it was ps4 that it came out for but it's also ps5 is amazing i just got it and it's fantastic it's got characters from all the movies it's good really? yeah it's got his sister uh from the first one and scotty from the first film it's got uh sarah berry from the uh second film and uh, you know, some of the characters from Army of Darkness as well. So it's it's really fun, really faithful to all of the Evil Dead movies, and uh, it's what's, it's a really good time. Highly recommend what, playing it.
1: What's it called? What's the video game called?
0: Uh, I think it's just Evil Dead, the, Evil Dead, the game, yeah.
1: Okay, I have to check. Yep, there it is, Evil Dead, the game. Came out last year?
0: Yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very similar. Like if you like Friday the Thirteenth, the game, you'll like Evil Dead, the game. Cool. But uh, and then there's the new Evil Dead movies. So you know, w- which Sam Raimi and Tappert and and uh, Bruce Campbell all all have been active producers on. But uh, from 2013, directed by Fede Alvarez. Did you guys see the new Evil Dead?
2: I did see yeah. the one. The one from 2013.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that?
2: I like I liked it for what it was. I you know, I as its own thing whatever, I think it's I think it was well done. It, it it didn't try to be like it didn't try to be something. It didn't try to like photocopy it, but mm-hmm. it was it says own take. I mean, I think the effects were good and performances were good, like I don't know. It's not funny. It's not really a funny movie. Yeah, it steps away from the comedy. It's like it's it's intense and gory and yeah, it's just a straight horror movie. Yeah, that yeah. that tr- that that trades on the same, you know, uses the basic same storyline, um, but it's you know if it tried to be funny or something, then it would be a train wreck. I, th- I would think so. For just to be a straight up horror movie or whatever, it's pretty good. I saw, I saw, I saw a screening, so I I didn't go. I wasn't mm-hmm. saw for free. <laughs> i saw i mean i paid to go see
1: it at the theater like i i wanted to see it i mean it's kind of a remake right like i mean it's a reboot or
0: yes and uh, again yes and no (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's uh there is a like a connection to ash i think after the credits he like has like you see him for a second and uh um, he's in a shadow yeah he just says groovy or something yeah
2: like it just leaves the door open to be like if this movie's successful we'll connect right. this to ash right <laughs>
0: that's yeah. all that's there for <laughs> yeah yeah so my I, I thought it was well done as a horror movie yeah. um yeah i just went in with the expectations of evil dead movies are evil dead movies like there there is comedy to it that you know i i'm kind of not interested in I like i want to see ash ash ash's story is the evil dead movies for me that i i'm not interested in new characters that are not connected that it's just horror like why is it any different from every other horror movie that's out there what what makes it stand apart
1: i mean i think it's far more successful than any of like the reboots of like nightmare on elm street or texas chainsaw massacre I think the reboot of friday the 13th is pretty decent i love that but, one yeah but but aside from that one like most of these things friggin suck
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the remake of poltergeist like all of them are horseshit this one is actually like totally
0: watchable yeah no i think it's a good film i, I just for i'm just talking about me personally yeah, like,
1: yeah no i get I, I get what you're saying like if yeah. i had
0: a different title it'd be amazing but because it's got evil dead i'm like i have an expectation that comes with it that they sure. just didn't go in that direction and fede alvarez is a as an excellent director and knows what he's doing and um you know it was it was a well well done movie it was just just for me i was like i I want to see the ash story
1: sure but i think that's what the tv series is all about correct
0: yeah so you you kind of get both versions yeah
1: yeah so
0: um yeah yeah, i don't know i like i liked it i haven't obviously i don't the new one releases it's about to come out New Orleans is about to come out, and uh I have not seen it all yet. I've heard is that it's you know in line with the twenty thirteen film that it's it's straight horror and and not there's no humor in it at all,
1: yeah, it doesn't look funny it looks
2: freaking creepy, yeah uh but That's, I'm excited uh, to check it out, but it's not yeah. connected
0: to the other movies right as far as we know, I mean we'll find out when it comes out if there's uh i I can't imagine it's going to be but We'll see. see. I thought it was
1: a sequel for the 2013 one, but, uh, but
0: I, I don't think I'm right. I don't, that's what I originally it, thought. Yeah. I don't think it's a, t- I think it's just a standalone, I, you yeah. know, they might be doing if, again, if this one's successful, the, the plan might be that they're doing several standalones that then maybe they will connect, you know, the new ones. So yeah. there's more
1: um, than one Necronomicon. That's yeah.
0: all.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so evil as far as evil dead 2 goes though that's it's one of my i mean it's like a top 20 movie for me of all wow. time like i all love time. evil dead 2 i i can watch it anytime it's still funny i still have a good time with it It still you know still has that scary edge to it too um i think it just completely holds up i can't say enough good things about it i i recommend it to everybody even if you don't like horror movies it's funny enough that i think it'll carry you through it
1: yeah yeah i hadn't watched it in a long time uh prior to preparing for this recording but i mean yeah it's still great it's still really good still totally very entertaining well executed i mean certainly like for people who didn't see it you know 20 years ago or anything like that you know I mean a lot of the effects are practical and different than what you would see and how they would approach things probably today but dude I think that kind of grittiness and that kind of like tactile approach to to filmmaking and stuff like that like is a a sadly dying dying breed but it's still like when it's done like it stands out and it's kind of awesome to see and i miss it i wish i'd i wish there was more of it i know chris nolan's trying to keep the fire lit but there's not a whole lot of people that i other than him that i can say i see doing that
0: yep uh it's uh i I agree i I don't disagree with you it's um it's a good time and i i'm gonna recommend again if you're a fan of the movie listen to the audio commentary it's really funny it's very just as entertaining as the movie so <laughs> and it's recorded from like 20 years ago but or 25 years ago but it's still it's still hilarious now so and
2: it's years that's years after awesome. they did it right so yeah
0: yeah um cool. yeah i think they recorded that in like 97 or something so oh, wow that's yeah
1: cool. that's funny
0: yeah but uh Yeah. And if you're a Raimi fan, you know, check out if you've only seen his new stuff, definitely check out the old stuff. Check out Darkman. Check out Drag Me to Hell. That's, an you know, not quite as as gory as as Evil Dead 2. But uh, it's it's a really, really good, you know, harkens back to his his old days. So, um, you know, if you can find it, check out Crime Wave too. see what was happening there. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: I, I, I actually am interested in seeing crime wave.
0: Yeah. I don't know where you can get it, but uh, we'll have to research that. But yeah, I'm just, I'm really glad we finally got to talk about evil dead too. And it's perfect timing with the, with evil dead rise come, uh, you know, coming out soon and um, always good to, to shed a light back on this one. And at some point down the road, we'll, we'll come back to army of darkness and, and because there's so much to talk about in that movie, it's so much fun. Um, yeah. You know, that'll be a good time, but uh, all right. Well, you know, that's going to pretty much wrap us up this week. Don't forget to check us out. We're at Reconcinimation Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. So hit us up there. Give us a, a rating and a review for for the show on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us uh, get a little more exposure. Um, you can check out our archives at com for our, our back catalog. And thank you to our friends, uh, E.K. Wimmer, for the theme song, as usual, Curtis Moore for the poster. And we will see you next time on Reconcination
2: Take care. Bye now.
1: sam raimi the director of the evil dead i've invited uh, jonathan ross to see
2: my new movie evil dead 2 i don't believe this say you uh you think this will scare the audience as much as the first one that's a safe bet sam it's uh got a lot more surprises Ah! yeah it's got a lot in it to uh, grab the audience
1: there's only one movie scarier than the evil dead evil dead 2 kiss your nerves goodbye